Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I love Neville's lecture, The Pearl of Great Price. Of course, I can say that about all of his talks and books, but this one really sums up the commitment that I had to make to really begin to see changes, sustained, consistent changes in my life, changes for the better. The term Pearl of Great Price comes from a, a couple of Bible verses in the 13th chapter of Matthew. In that chapter, Jesus is describing the kingdom of heaven. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one very precious pearl, he went away and sold all he had and bought it. Now, growing up, I had heard that this meant I had to turn my back on anyone who didn't believe the way I did so I can make it to heaven one day. And I had to get rid of anything in my life that was not wholesome and pure. <laughs> I believed it so completely that I even took two trunks, two big foot lockers full of mint condition comic books, some of them old and worth a lot of money, and I burned them in my backyard. <laughs> I thought I had to do that to make sure I went to heaven. I was afraid that those things were going to keep me out of heaven when Jesus comes back. I still think about it whenever I pass a comic book shop. <laughs> it isn't about that at all. There is no heaven to get to. It isn't a realm to travel to. Jesus even said so in Luke 17, 21. He was asked about the coming of the kingdom of God. And he said that you'll never find it looking for it or waiting for it. He says it'll never come by observation, expecting it to come from somewhere else. He said the kingdom is within you. I think one reason we think of kingdom as a separate place or the kingdom of heaven as a separate place is because the terms that are used like kingdom and realm. When these verses were written, kings and kingdoms were a common thing. So the writers used those terms. They were trying to convey the absolute power that is within. They used terms that represented absolute power, like kings and kingdoms and realms, because the ruler of the realm is the king. So they were saying that we see these kings and kingdoms outside of us, but the true king, the true kingdom is within you. This thing we call heaven is already within us. Now, because of the way we've misunderstood heaven, even using it now seems to imply something out there somewhere. If no scriptures had been written yet, if we were writing the Bible now, first time ever, we might use other words. We wouldn't use heaven. Maybe we'd say, the entire internet is within you. <laughs> My point is the term we use doesn't matter. We use the words we have, the language we have to convey the point we're trying to make. Everything's a symbol. The words we use are just symbols for the experiences, the feelings we're trying to convey. So we use metaphors and similes to describe something that's going on within us, the things we experience within us. 
And that's what they were doing back then too, using the wheat and the weeds, casting the net wide and catching the good fish and the bad fish and getting rid of the bad fish and keeping only the good. Like this merchant selling everything he had and buying the pearl of great value. The pearl of great price, the talk, is available in Neville's own voice. You can find that on YouTube. And you can read it as a transcribed lecture in Natalie Burnett's book, The Awakening, a collection of Neville's lectures from 1963. In the lecture, Neville says, the kingdom of heaven is simply that state into which man rises, where everything is completely subject to his imaginative power. Everyone in the world is using the only power, but they don't know it. We've been using it throughout all of creation, but we've misused it. How do I know I've misused it? I look at my life, the ways I misspent my imagination, or to use biblical metaphor, the times I planted weeds among my wheat <laughs> or cast my net and kept the bad fish. <laughs> I lived a sinful life. I was a sinner. I still sin. I bet you do too. Don't tell me you're not a sinner. <laughs> sin just means to miss the mark. Don't be scared by that word. Ooh, he's living in sin. It's missing the mark. So every time I have a desire and don't fulfill it, well, I'm missing the mark. I'm sinning. Not understanding that consciousness is the only reality. I went about my life searching for meaning, for redemption, for salvation, something to fix me, something else out there to soothe the ache I had that feeling of something is missing. Neville is saying that we are the merchant. And when we find this power and wisdom and love that we are already, we shed all of the other things that we used to rely on. We no longer look for any kind of thing on the outside, separate from us for help. I've talked about this lecture before. I think most people that have studied Neville I have read this lecture or listened to this lecture and shared it with others. I got an email from a listener yesterday and I decided to answer her in today's episode. Now, this woman who I've spoken to and corresponded with a number of times over the past year has studied Neville. She knows what Neville teaches and we've talked about some big successes for her. But as she said in her email, for her, it's been two steps forward and one step back in and out of practicing, and then looking outside myself for answers. She said that her sister gifted her a reading for Christmas, and she decided to go. She said, I thought, what could it hurt? Well, the answers were not what I exactly wanted to hear. And even though I know we can revise anything, which I'm going to do, it left a lingering, unpleasant feeling. That person to whom you went for the reading was only reflecting back to you what you've already been imagining or allowing in consciousness. And your belief in that reading, in that power, that chart, is the only way that has any effect on you. Don't give any credence to anything outside of you, not the one that gave you the reading, or any credence to me, or any self-help life coach or guru out there. You rely on self. Neville says, no matter what you believe in as a power to control you, you've got to sell it. No one will buy them from you, 
but you give them up as valueless. There's no need to fear things that seem to be outside of you. The only reason things like charts, cards, religions, pain medicine, caffeine, vitamin supplements, government stimulus checks (laughs) have any effect is your intense belief and reliance on them. It's the belief. Whatever you believe will work, will work. But why continue thinking that anything other than your own awareness of being has any power in your life? Think of all the choices you make in your day based on what you assume that choice will do for you. Do you choose sugar-free or low-fat salad dressing because the regular one will make you gain weight? My older sister used to avoid salting crackers because she said they made her fingers swell. I had plenty of things that I imagined had power, like food. I used to avoid pretzels because I believe that, well, they make me retain water. Only pretzels. I just had this weird thing about salty pretzels that they're going to make me uh, chubby. (laughs) And I went years without eating shellfish because I believe they made my face break out. And in church, I believed I had to raise my hands during the praise and worship period to get God's attention. I can't just stand there with my arms down. I have to raise them up. And I got to speak in tongues. If I didn't speak in tongues, then I, I might not be making it to heaven. I'm not poking fun. I really believe that. And that's the way some of them taught us. And some religions still teach that. You have to do this and that to, to make it to this kingdom of heaven out there somewhere. I could spend hours listing all of the secondary causes I gave life to, but I had to let go of all of them. And I have to keep keep letting go of them. When I turn to the kingdom within, when I buy the pearl, every day I notice something else that I can sell off, that I can unload. (laughs) And it's exciting for me. I notice some little belief in something other than self, and I get to, at that moment, put my attention on the truth of Christ, the power and wisdom of God, who is love, which is not only within me, it is me. It's a constant, ongoing turning within, turning to the true self. In this lecture, Neville talks about how he had gotten really good at reading charts for people in New York and how even he, after exploring and understanding the power of imagination, still held on to his horoscope, thinking about what the stars and planets are doing and basing his decisions on them. But he says, I had to completely give it up and so tear up my horoscope in my mind's eye, it didn't exist. I had to completely destroy it as a power that guided me. He goes on to say, you've got to give up every belief in this world and a power outside of Christ to buy Christ, to buy the pearl. He says, there's nothing but Jesus Christ. So you either believe in him or you don't believe in him. And any reservation for a rainy day, it'll rain. Hmm. I've talked about this particular day before, 
It was a while after the healing and well into months and months of studying Neville and exploring the power of imagination. I had some successes, but many, many of what I called failures at the time. I was so frustrated and stressed. A lot like this woman that emailed me, tired of the two steps forward and one step back. Or for me, it was probably one step forward, two steps back. (laughs) Things just weren't working like I wanted them to. How could I have healed myself, but I can't make any more substantial changes in other areas of my life? That day, I spent hours in my bedroom screaming and cursing at God, at myself, and at the walls until I became so exhausted that I ended up in a fetal position on the floor, sobbing. This was my day. I knew that it was an important one for me, a turning point. I told myself that I had to make a decision. Either buy the effing pearl or give it all up and go back to the old way of living because this, what I was doing here, this double-minded, wishy-washy, back-and-forth stuff was no longer acceptable. I kept talking to myself in those moments. Before I made the decision, I even spelled it out for myself that buying the pearl means no longer relying on anything that I used to, no more turning to anyone else for help, no more depending on even the Facebook groups I was so desperately digging through every day. I had to completely commit to living in and by and through imagination. Commit to buying the pearl of great price every day. No more seeking answers outside of me. Turning to self and trusting self. Not a distrust in others. I don't mean that. Others, whether they turn out to be trustworthy or not, are only reflecting my state of consciousness. Buying the pearl isn't a one-and-done kind of thing, like like the prayer of salvation in some some, uh, denominations. Once saved, always saved. That would be true if you ever only had one desire and it was fulfilled, then you're done. (laughs) But then you would no longer exist here because here... On this earth, as human beings, we are beings of desire. So this buying of the pearl is a daily thing. Every desire you have has its savior. Its fulfillment is the savior. And the only place to find the savior is within you, not in a confessional booth or at the altar on Sunday, or when they pass the basket around for the tithes and offerings. And your salvation is not in the government. Your salvation, the fulfillment of your desires, has nothing to do with whether or not the Republicans or the Democrats are in charge of this country, or whoever's in charge of your country. It doesn't matter what your family says or what tradition says. Your desires are yours and yours alone to fulfill. 
by moving into the state of those wishes fulfilled. So turn to the kingdom within, your awareness of being, and trust that every one of your desires are already realized. The kingdom of heaven isn't a place that's coming one day. It's here, now. This whole thing is really all about you. It always has been. And always will be. I love you. I'm feeling twisty. 